Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, US AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. One timeout left for Arizona. Dobbs, good Got him again in the end zone. Got him. Wilson, the diving catch and a touchdown. The first career touchdown for Michael Wilson. To try and beat these 49ers, a touchdown here would really help. Dobbs on first and Got goal him. over the middle. Touchdown, Michael Wilson. One, two. We're going to miss. Maldonado picks it up. And the Astros get postseason to the Diamondbacks. Houston clinch spot. Dusty Baker's team is in again. And the Diamondbacks will meet them on the other side. They drop a 1-0 game here, but they get in by virtue of a Reds loss at St. Louis. And so it'll be somewhat of a muted solution. But hey, they're in. And that was the point when we started the year. First pitch to Lala. Ground ball, third side, Jez Fair, backhanded by Kessinger. Long throw to first on a hop. It is end time, and that is the ball game. Your 2023 American League West champions are the Houston Astros. For the sixth time in the last seven years, the Astros are the best in the AL West. Borgay back at the controls. Right as we've seen it today in Berkeley. As he lines middle, intercepted. Picked off at the 30 and returned down to the 10. Matthew Littlejohn. If you're Arizona State, get as much yards as you can and get out of bounds. Have to have four here. Trenton Borgay throws right side. Game over. Cowell win it on defense. They rise to the occasion again and they can take a knee the rest of the way. It's all about management here for Noel Fafita. Got man coverage, they alert it, get people crossing. Gonna be a keep. It's gonna be all the way to the end zone for Josh Allen. Spencer Brown, the right tackle, just blew open a hole. Extra offensive lineman, Raekwon O'Neal. Fake it. Smith floats it. Caught. Bobo. Touchdown. Jones is gonna pass. Looking for Barkley, diving to the pylon, in for the touchdown! What an effort by Saquon Barkley to get the score. Every scoring play is reviewed, they'll take a look, but he banged the pylon for six. Beck, plenty of time, down the middle, guess who? Brock Bowers, Bowers heading to the end zone, touchdown Georgia! Well, you got to wonder how somebody can get that open when he's so important to the offense. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or beat the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Monday, October 2nd edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7, the Cardinals. Are you impressed with the coaching staff? 
More Cardinals. Should they be anxious to be rushing Kyler Murray back from injury? The Diamondbacks, does the postseason slide mean anything? Uh, should I say, does the late season slide mean anything? Entering the wild card round this week. Meanwhile, from the MLB postseason, who should be favored? Meanwhile, the Sun Devils, should they have won at Cal? The Wildcats, should there be a quarterback decision, starting quarterback decision? The Bills, did they provide a blueprint from the NFL yesterday? Thursday night, uh, excuse me, Monday night football, I'll get this right. Monday night football, who you got tonight? Georgia, is it playing through the motions, going through the motions at this point? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. At 9.15, we'll have an MLB postseason preview with Matt Snyder of CBSSports.com. 9.30 or so, interactive action, 602-260-1060, and also the local roundup. That will include 49ers and Cardinals analysis, time pending ASU Cal, U of A Washington, maybe some Diamondbacks, a little series preview against the Brewers. Then the final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup, topped by the weekend football scoreboard, college pro, local, national. Then after the Sports Zone from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla. That will include more, uh, all kinds of good stuff and uh, more weekend uh, football analysis, college and or pro, as you might have heard previously. It's like two straight segments. Final segment of the Sports Zone and then two hours of the Extra Point. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, through four games, are you impressed with the Cardinals' Jonathan Gannon and coaching staff? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. Yes, leading the way, 91% of the vote, no trailing at 9%. Cardinals are 1-3, but they've led at halftime the first three weeks, and they were within one score during the second half on Sunday against the uh, heavily favored 49ers. Sticking with the Cardinals, Kyler Murray is going to be out a while. That's a quote that uh, the Fox crew, uh, Kevin Kugler, uh, the lead announcer, he said yesterday from Jonathan Gannon that Murray's going to be out for a while. Also earlier on Sunday, Murray is weeks away from playing, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. With Joshua Dobbs improving, should the Cardinals be anxious in rushing back one Kyler Murray? Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, does the Diamondbacks' five-game losing streak in the regular season mean anything in this week's National League wildcard series and their series at Milwaukee? Best out of three. Uh, starts tomorrow night. Kayla, once again, has early returns. Yes, leading the way, 70% of the vote, no trailing at 30%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. In addition to losing those last five games, Arizona has a total of three runs scored in those five losses. In addition uh, to the question, uh, anything uh, Diamondbacks related is certainly strong and encouraged discussion today. Meanwhile, back, uh, continuing on the local front, actually, to be more accurate. We like to try to be more accurate. Uh, ASU could have won on Saturday, but ASU lost 24-21 in California. Another loss with more questionable coaching decisions and average at best quarterback play. Should ASU have won Saturday at California? 
The U of A lost to Washington, but the U of A 20-point underdogs with a backup quarterback, Noah Fatita. Uh, the uh, lost just 31-24 to in that game. Should Jed Fish have a quarterback controversy between Jaden Delora and uh, Noah Fatita? Uh, Fatita, excuse me. I'll get this right. Noah. Meanwhile, from the, back to the national you know, port of things, spanning the globe, the uh, the, the Dolphins, to use the old Mike Tyson there term, got punched in the mouth on Sunday. Buffalo physically dominated the previously undefeated Dolphins 48-20. to Did the Bills deliver a bl- uh, blueprint to basically beat the Dolphins? Can other teams back it up? Can they, you know, other teams pull that off, basically? Georgia rallied again on Saturday. The top-ranked Bulldogs have now won 22 consecutive games, including playing from uh, behind. In fact, they were behind double digits the last two weeks uh, to beat South Carolina in Auburn. And uh, teams teams that aren't that good. So is two-time defending champion Georgia just kind of going through the motions at this point. Meanwhile, week four in the NFL ends tonight. The 2-1 and one Seahawks face the 1-2 and two Giants. Who you got tonight in the swamps of Jersey? The Seahawks or the Jets? And uh, to the Giants, excuse me. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup. Uh, I'm sorry, that is today's pipeline. I'll get to all this. I'm going to boo myself here in a couple minutes. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category. So, whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you stumble your way like I did in this segment, you will be the target of this. All right, coming up next, Corey, about news update. That'll be followed by a Major League Baseball wild card preview and a little beyond the wild card for a few teams that are on by this week. Uh, we'll talk with Matt Schneider of CBSSports.com. Meanwhile, also at the bottom of the hour, it'll be once again phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. And that'll include also in that segment as much local roundup as I can get to. Uh, some Cardinals analysis from yesterday in San Francisco for sure. Maybe some ASU Cal, maybe some U of A in Washington, maybe a Diamondbacks preview for the upcoming wildcard series in Milwaukee. If we want to get to those things in that uh, bottom of this hour segment, we will certainly get to those things during the extra point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. Right now, you're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and Castlux HD2 100.7. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. Quarterback to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The MLB postseason begins on Tuesday, and the Diamondbacks are part of the wild card round. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Matt Schneider of CBSSports.com. 
Matt, let's start off with the uh, the best of three series, first round, best of three if necessary, etc. Do you like uh, the the better seeds at home for the entire series? How, do you like this format, the wild card format uh, that they've developed the last couple of years? I, I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, it's you, you, there's pros and cons to everything. And one of the things I did not like about the wild card game before is that the nature of the sport. 162 games. It's a marathon. During the season, teams view things as we just need to win series instead of just win an individual game. And when the wild card game was just one game, it just seemed to fly in the face of everything that baseball is all about. So I like that there's a series here. Um, the, the, the seeds trying to you know take a week off and then pick it back up. You know, the, the Braves, Dodgers, Astros, and Orioles, that's tougher for me because I feel like baseball's an everyday sport. And when teams get into a routine, now you take them out of their routine. You, there's an argument to be had that it's kind of a disadvantage. Um, but this is, this is what we've got to work with. I like that there are series instead of individual games here for this first round. Um, do I like the home team? Not necessarily. <laughs> I, the Rangers are all over the map, right? They're just so hit or miss. Um, the Rangers race series is very tough to handicap. Uh, Phillies should breeze by the Marlins. Um, Diamondbacks, Brewers, that, that, the Brewers pitching is so good, but their offense is just not good at all. I could totally see the Diamondbacks shocking them. Um, and then you've got the Twins with that losing streak against a totally unreliable Blue Jays team. That one's going to be fun. Uh, that one's a toss-up. Okay, so let's break these series down a little more. And let's start with the Diamondbacks who lost their last four regular season games, scored three runs in those four games. Um, will they ever score against the Brewers pitching staff and their <laughs> outstanding defense? Yeah. <laughs> well, I- I'll say this. If you can find a setting anywhere that has what series is going to have the shortest games, go with this one because <laughs> these offenses are just not impressive at all, and there's all kinds of pitching. You know, in the Diamondbacks, it's a little messed up here with you know spot in game one. You have to wait on mm-hmm. Gallon, and then and then Kelly is necessary for game three. The Brewers are lined up. They've got Burns in game one, Woodruff in game two. Um, if they need a game three, I assume it will be Freddie Peralta. But, you know, maybe it'll be Hauser. Maybe it'll be Wade Miley. Um, yeah, it, it's, that one's tough to handicap because I just don't trust the Brewers' offense at all. But, man, that pitching's so good. And as you said, it's not like we can trust the Diamondbacks' offense at this point either. So it, it's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun one. It's just going to be cool. So what, what's the formula for the Diamondbacks to win this series? Get Carroll on base and run. Um, it's when you have a, a dynamic player like that, um, the times that they were going well, basically what this month was the Cubs series, the two Cubs series, right? <laughs> Carroll was getting on base and creating havoc on the bases. Uh, you get Marte's bat going. Um, if they could somehow steal game one in the matchup that I assume everybody thinks the Brewers are going to win, burn some spots. If they could somehow mm-hmm. steal that, and it would have to be low scoring, I would assume. Um, then you've got Gallon in game two. That could be the formula right there. Scratch and claw your way to steal game one, no matter how it, how it happens. But, again, I assume it has to be getting Carroll on at the, at the top of the order. 
I wouldn't be surprised if Torrey Lavello in game one, if he gets, you know, if Fod makes it through a, like two or three innings, do we see some Merrill Kelly in that game? That would be interesting. That'd be, man, when's the last time he relieved? Well, and, and given That's that a good he point. stretched out, yeah, given that he stretched out, um, you know, it, you could kind of, it, it would be kind of like the Nationals in 2019, right? They used. Yep. Uh, Corbin, Patrick Corbin in relief a lot. They used mm-hmm. Bradford and Scherzer in relief a few times. And they just basically heavily, heavily leaned on three starting pitchers and just a few relievers. So that would be fun if the Diamondbacks decided to go in that direction. That would be really fun. I'm just throwing, just throwing that out. I have nothing to, you know, I have hurting to yeah, make yeah. me think but that that's actually going to happen, but I'm just throwing but it out. But postseason, all bets are off. Right, and, and like I said, yeah. the Nationals not too long ago were were using three at a time aces in relief. Yep, absolutely. So we'll see how this goes. I'm sure that's going to happen with at least one team in this uh, wild card round. So why not Arizona? All right, Matt Schneider from CBSSports.com, currently in the Sports Zone, staying in the National League. How can the Marlins can you know, I, I dare say even compete in a short series against the Phillies? Yeah, I mean, on paper, it's a total mismatch. If you look, the Phillies, they're a 90-win team, but they're much, much better built for the postseason. If you look at being top-heavy in the rotation, being very, very power-oriented in the offense and having a few power arms at the back end of the bullpen, um, they have shown vulnerability in that bullpen, though. So if you're the Marlins, it's just stay in the game. And then if we're only down one or two runs going going into the late innings, then we've got a shot. It, you know, obviously, if they're leading, then that's much better. But it's just don't get blown out, basically. Don't let the Phillies' power get to them early in the games and, and hang in there, and then they've got a shot. I think it's, like I said, just keep it close is basically where you are if you're the Marlins. But I, I, I'm just not seeing it. The Braves and Dodgers have the first-round buys. Do either of them have enough healthy starting pitching once they start playing next week? And what what should those teams do to try to stay sharp this week? Yeah, I, it, it's interesting. I'm sure they'll pick a few days. Um, you know, the All-Star break. Everybody's used to the All-Star break. You get three days off. Um, so maybe they'll take a few days. But I kind of feel like they, could, they should play an inter-squad game and, and maybe – not necessarily on the pitching, just have their pitchers throw bullpen, but maybe grab some guys from the minors to throw and play some. Play maybe a three-inning inter-squad game just to have it feel like you're getting some real at-bats there for the hitters um, just to stay sharp. In terms of the pitching, I believe in the Braves a lot more. I think Freed's probably going to be okay. Maybe Morton if they advance. Um, on the Dodgers' end, it's just hard to trust. And the Braves' offense is so good; it might even render the, the issue meaningless. You know, if if they're going to score five, six, seven runs a game, then they can piecemeal enough pitching in some of these playoff games just to get wins. So, I'm not as worried about the Braves. But you know what? As messed up as the playoffs are these days, <laughs> I might well be saying that right before the Braves get swept. You know, it's it's just that's how weird the playoffs can be these days. Plus, they also, unless you hit the ball to left field and Rosario's out there, they're going to catch the ball. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, and, and if anything, and I love them, but Acuna, 
might be the weak spot defensively. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true, no doubt. All right, so let's flip this to the American League. The Rangers, I think the big weekend losers, they went from first place in the American League West to a first-round series at Tampa. What's their mindset, and how do you view the Rangers and Rays series? Uh, I I would be pretty confident about their mindset. They've got Bruce Bochy in there. They've got some veterans, such as Corey Seager, who have been through a lot of playoff battles before. And they could focus on how many highs they've had. You know, whether it's the start of August, whether it's being in first place most of the year, it's, hey, we, we know when we play our game, we can go out and win. And uh, I assume that they will show up with, with a lot of confidence. Um, it's just you, what team are you going to get and what kind of pitching are you going to get? Their pitching has been so banged up and inconsistent down the stretch. But then you have examples like yesterday where they didn't score, and uh, it's, they're so inconsistent. Um, I, I could see them winning the World Series, and I could see them getting swept and not even scoring a run in the first round. It, there's, they are the team that has the most variance heading into the playoffs. The Jays and Twins, two excellent pitching staffs, two disappointing offenses. Who you got in that series? Um, I, I believe I picked the Twins on our site when we published the predictions. It, it, it's a toss-up for me, and uh, maybe it was just a, a little bit of feeling sorry for Twins fans because of the 0-18, uh, the playoff <laughs> losing streak. They haven't won a playoff game. The last time they won, won a playoff game, it was Johan Santana versus Mike Mussina, and Joe Maurer wow. was a rookie, and he was on the bench behind Henry Blanco in a playoff game. That's <laughs> how long ago it was. Uh, I'm a sucker for fans suffering and never want that to continue. Growing up a Cubs fan probably what did that to me. So I'll go with the Twins <laughs> here. Um, it's going to matter how healthy they are. You know, is, is Carlos Correa going to come back? How's Iron Buxton? Royce Lewis, will they get him back? Mr. Grand Slam. Uh, it could be a pretty exciting team. They've got Sonny Gray going in game one. That's always good. And on the Blue Jays' end, they have felt all year like they should be better. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of teams will say they'd love to underachieve and make the playoffs. But when I look at this Blue Jays team, all I see is a team that has basically been disappointing. Ever since that 18-9 and start, they've been not much better than mediocre. So I don't really count on them. But – Similar to the Rangers, they could just flip that switch and go nuts and win the World Series. Talking with Matt Heiner from CBSSports.com. Okay, look, the Astros. I mean, they won the division for the sixth time in seven years. However, is it good that the Astros, who have a losing record at home and are unbelievable <laughs> 51 and 30 on the road, almost they'd rather be playing away from home as opposed to yeah, playing bizarre. at home? Yeah, it's bizarre. crazy. Like, uh, about the middle of September, you know, the Astros supposedly have been talking about the batters at home and how they couldn't yep. see the ball that well, right. and, uh, which is weird because <laughs> that it's been the same way since 2017, um, and, and they used to be great at home. Um, and so they painted around the batter's eye to make it a little bit bigger, and then they lost the series to the A's. Well, they lost the series to the A's before the batter's eye painting, but then after they got swept by the Royals at home. So that didn't solve anything. <laughs> Uh, at this point, it's got to be a mental block, you would think. And if anybody should be immune to mental blocks, it should be the defending <laughs> champs who have been to the World Series four times in recent memory and who go to the ALCS every single year. But 
this has to be the most vulnerable they've been but since 2016 when they didn't even make the playoffs. This is this is a vulnerable Astros team. Um, you know, if you had to say the most likely team to come out of the AL to go to the World Series, I think you would have to pick the Astros. But still, they're vulnerable. It'll be interesting to see how this thing unfolds. Um, there's a lot of different teams that could get really hot and just also don't seem reliable. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Okay, the Orioles, they have the top seed. They yeah. have a young team that has a really high baseball IQ, especially for younger players. Their starting rotation seems like it's gotten better during the season here. Should they yeah. be favored to win the American League? Um, the, the Astros are the gambling favorites, and that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to discount the Orioles. They just keep – we've talked about their pitching. I talked about it a lot. Uh, around the trade deadline, I thought they needed to do more. Now, there probably wasn't that much available, so it's not necessarily Michael Ice's fault. Uh, the Jack Flaherty trade kind of fell flat on his face there. But Kyle Bradish has been really good all year. Yep. Grayson Rodriguez has been really good since he came back from the minors after having to get demoted and then work on some stuff. And once, since he came back, he's been really good. That could be a really nice one-two punch there. And then you can just kind of piece it back together. I worry about Bolton being thin since Felix Bautista had to, is having to undergo Tommy John surgery. Cano, they rode really, really hard early in the season, and it's just not that reliable past that. Um, but they definitely can win it all. They're, they're deep. Position player-wise, they're deep. They're good. Uh, they're not top-heavy at all. Like I, If I think about the Dodgers, for example, you think about Mookie and Freddie, and then Will Smith and maybe a little J.D. Martinez, and then the back half of the line is not that sturdy. The Orioles don't have superstars, at least not yet, like Mookie and, and Freddie, but their lineup's top to bottom, deep. They can get you from any spot in the order. It's, uh, it's a really fun team. I'm looking forward to a lot of people who haven't seen much of the Orioles this year get a good glimpse of them here in the postseason. They're actually my favorite team to watch and have been for like three months. Yeah, I mean, great. Love, yeah. yeah, they they catch the ball. Seems like they're never out of defensive positioning. It's amazing what they've done. They're very well rounded too. Like if you yeah. say some team like oh they, they feel a lot or they're great at defense, but then they're not as good at power. Like almost everything on the Orioles is just very good. Nothing is <laughs> exceptional except the winning. <laughs> But you can't say, oh, man, they're amazing at pulling bases. They're amazing. They're not. They're just really good at basically everything. Totally agree, Matt. I'm sure we'll be check, catching up uh, uh, during the during the season here. I'm looking forward to the next few days for sure. Thanks. All right. Sounds good. Take care. Matt Schneider, CBSSports.com. Excellent stuff, as always. Read all his work at CBSSports.com. Next segment, phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. And also today's local roundup that will include, uh, depending on uh, phone call volume, uh, analysis of Cardinals, Niners, ASU, Cal, U of A, Washington, maybe a little series preview of the Diamondbacks and the Brewers. Uh, that's kind of the, the mini plan I got going here. Once again, if you want to get in, though, 602 602- 260-1060, general discussion, lots to discuss after the uh, football and baseball weekend. Uh, once again, the next two hours will be the extra point hosted by Kayla. We'll have more NFL and college uh, football analysis for the weekend. 
among many other fun things, I'm sure. So stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. downloaded the KTUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time if you want to get aboard. We got time and room if you want to jump aboard right now. 602-260-1060. On to the local roundup we go. And the Cardinals challenged the 49ers. They started slowly, falling down 21-3 in the second quarter. But they were down just uh, 21-16 with 4-21 to go in the third quarter. Then, unfortunately, faded in the fourth quarter and lost 35-16 to the 4-0 49ers. Here are five things that stood out. Josh Dobbs continues to show that he might be good enough to be an NFL starting quarterback. In fact... I wouldn't have a problem if we saw Dobbs for the rest of the season. I personally have seen enough of Kyler Murray to know that he's not an NFL quarterback, at least on a decent average, above average team. Uh, So we'll see uh, what happens with Dobbs the rest of the season. Meanwhile, the Cardinals lack discipline, especially in the first half. They had nine penalties in the first half. Seven of those in the first 25 minutes. They had nine penalties for the game, excuse me. Seven in the first 25 minutes of the game. That included three on defense during the 49ers' first possession that turned out to be a touchdown drive. Cardinals corner Marco Wilson continues to be targeted by opposing offenses in a passing game. This is something that's not going to change unless he starts making a few plays at least in coverage, which he's done very little of the first four games of the season. 49ers and uh, quarterback and Valley product Brock, Pur- Brock Purdy remains undefeated in the regular season as a starting quarterback. On Sunday, he was almost perfect. 20 of 21 for 283 yards and one touchdown. He also rushed for a touchdown. And last, the Cardinals... Uh, nearly 15-point underdogs on the uh, you know, they almost cover in the final two offensive plays of the game. A Zach Ertz drop that would have been a touchdown. By the way, that was not his first drop of the season, as they said during the Brock's broadcast, maybe officially, but he's had several balls that he should have got this year that he did not, and I'm not sure what's going on with that. But anyway, that was the third, the next to last play, third down play, and then Joshua Dobbs. Uh, threw a pretty good pass to Zach Paschal in the end zone in the final Cardinals offensive play, which was also dropped. Any one of those, either one of those becomes a touchdown, and the Cardinals cover the number. Meanwhile, ASU on Saturday blew a chance to win at Cal. Uh, ASU remains winless this season against FBS opponents after the 24-21 loss. Here are three things that stood out. Kenny Dillingham's play calling last week against USC – you know, taking chances and gambling and trick plays. That was the right thing today uh, to do, excuse me, on Saturday. Uh, Cal, which is much more conservative and not very good on offense for the most part, uh, it would have been just better off if they just you know, went to a more you know, conventional approach ASU. They led 10-7 in the second quarter. 
And a fourth and one from their own 30-yard line. Going for that was a foolish idea at the time. ASU was stopped. And Cal's Cal's, uh, suspect offense quickly scored to go up 17-7 at that point. Uh, That was a pretty difficult margin for ASU to overcome. Now, for the third time in four weeks, ASU also looked unorganized and undisciplined. They failed to score touchdowns twice in the red zone, once because it had 12 men on the field on offense, had to take a penalty, and they had another time because of a false start penalty that they lost five yards in the red zone. Trenton Borgay, maybe he's a nice kid, but he shouldn't be a Pac-12 starting quarterback. I don't care if he threw us for 344 yards. He had zero touchdowns, a crushing interception in Cal territory that once again put Cal in a short field. That turned into a quick Cal touchdown and a 24-13 lead. And ASU was 3-for-15 on third down in this game. Meanwhile, the U of A competed at home against Washington. The Wildcats 20-point home underdogs in some sports books lost 31-24. Uh, two things to uh, you know that stood out here: uh, backup quarterback Noah Fafita, uh, Fatita, excuse me, uh, made some plays. He finished uh, 27 to 39. I get this last name right. Uh, 232 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Uh, not that I think a lot of uh, Jaden Delorean, but I'm not so sure that Jaden Delores should be the starting quarterback when he comes back from injury. And I have no idea when that's going to be. And even though he was, seemed like he was okay, you know, walking around the sidelines during that game. So we'll see what happens. I don't think there's a quarterback controversy, but you know, I think less of Delora than seemingly everybody else. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't have a problem if they actually made a quarterback change. Meanwhile, the U of A they can't beat can't beat, excuse me, can't beat Washington. Uh, they lost the last seven meetings now. It's not like Washington has been a powerhouse for seven years uh, or seven meetings. They don't play every year. Uh, the good news is that they won't be playing next year or anytime soon unless there's a non-conference game uh, because they're obviously going to different conferences starting next year. All right, switching to some baseball here. The Diamondbacks are a wild card team. They entered the postseason on this four-game losing streak. They've scored three runs over that stretch. And uh, the, uh, the reward, quote-unquote, is a best-of-three series beginning on Tuesday at Pitching Deep Milwaukee. Since the Diamondbacks won 15-4 last Tuesday at Chicago after the last-place White Sox, they have a grand total of three runs in four games. Uh, they've been shut out twice. They've scored one run in the other games. It's not a pretty thing offensively at the moment. The Diamondbacks are in the postseason in large part because the Cubs fell apart in September and the Reds' lack of starting pitching and baseball IQ finally caught up to them also in September. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks-Brewers wildcard round schedule is tomorrow at 4 o'clock. All these games are on ESPN2 in this series for the Diamondbacks. Uh, The Diamondbacks scheduled to start rookie pitcher Brandon Fott in that game. Game two, Wednesday, 4 o'clock. Uh, this should be the, the Zach Gallon day. And game three, if necessary, is Thursday at 4 o'clock. Once again on ESPN2. Merrill Kelly would seem to be the power the starter in this game, but I would not be shocked. And I don't have any reason to believe that this might you know, I, Nobody's told me this is going to happen. I haven't heard anything from the Diamondbacks that they might do it. 
But I wouldn't be shocked if Torrey Lavello, if he has a chance to win game one, uses Merrill Kelly in relief in that game one and then just wins, tries to win that game and go with Gallon in game two. And then whatever, if there's a game three, give it a whirl and see who, you know, that's a bullpen game or whoever they still have left. So we'll see how this goes. But uh, right now those are the, uh, you know, pot tomorrow, Gallon on uh, Wednesday. And if there's a game on Thursday, apparently Merrill Kelly would start that game. So the wild card uh, standings, as it turns out, the final wild wild card standings, the Phillies, actually ended up uh, being six games better than anybody else in the wild card. We kind of figured weeks ago that they were going to be the number one uh, National League wild card. Miami made it. Uh, they got in, and they don't have to play that uh, rain up, uh, rain out uh, makeup game today in New York against the Mets and then go play someplace tomorrow. So that's the good news for Miami. The bad news most likely is they have to go play the best out of three at Philadelphia. That seems to be a mismatch, but uh, – it's the playoffs, and strange things sometimes happen in the playoffs. The Diamondbacks finish as the third wild card in the National League. The Cubs ended up uh, missing out by two games. They ended up finishing two games behind, oh, I'm sorry, one game behind the Diamondbacks uh, with 79 losses. San Diego, which some people still thought had a chance in the last few, they mathematically had a chance, but anybody, I said this in like June. Anybody that thought the Padres were ever going to get it together, just they don't watch baseball. They're just incapable of winning consecutive games or consecutive series. They weren't good at any point in the season, and uh, nobody should be surprised that they're out. Cincinnati, they just, as I mentioned, their lack of baseball IQ. Cincinnati and Baltimore, I'm guessing that their age, uh, average age per player is pretty similar. The Orioles have an incredibly high baseball IQ. The Reds have no clue what the hell they're doing. Uh, so, which I've said for weeks, months, couple years, as long as David Bell is the manager, I don't think that's going to change. But he signed a long-term deal before the start of the season, and apparently, I don't know if this is why, but apparently his wife—I don't know if I assume that's his wife. Uh, and is uh, the owner's the, the Reds owner's wife? Uh, they're like best friends, so I don't know if that has anything to do with this or not. But I have not seen anything from David Bell for three years that gives me any idea that he should be a major league manager, major league manager, especially in a young team, which is shaky as far as fundamentals go. Uh, shaky at best as far as fundamentals go, and that's why they're not in the playoffs. Tremendous amount of talent. Like I'm comparing to the Orioles, pretty much the same as far as talent goes, but the Orioles know how to play. The Reds do not. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That will be followed by the conclusion of today's show with the National Roundup. That will include uh, some uh, football scoreboard information and then time pending. Uh, a couple of things away from football that happened over the weekend, a little baseball and the NBA. Drew Holiday is a Boston Celtic. I'm thinking that the Bucks maybe wouldn't have included him in the trade if they knew he'd end up in, in the Willard trade, if they knew he would end up in Boston, because I would assume most people would seem to think now that Milwaukee is behind Boston once again, as far as the hierarchy, at least going into the season, in the Eastern Conference of the NBA. But maybe that's just me. I would think not, but maybe that's just me.
You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. Show Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's national roundup. Welcome back, final segment today's sports show with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. From the football scoreboard, the Bills continue to beat the Dolphins. Uh, Zach Allen, four touchdown passes, ran for another one. And the Bills physically dominated the Dolphins 48 to 20. Uh, the Dolphins did finish with 393 yards of offense. That's not really as much as they have in the first three games of the season. Uh, the Buffalo defense did hold Miami to 3 out of 10 on third down and 0 out of 3 on fourth down. The Bills also forced two turnovers. They sacked Tua four times. The Dolphins before yesterday have been sacked just one time, Tua specifically, in their first three games. Bad injury, though, and a really sad injury for the, the uh, Bills here. Tavius White carted off the field in the third quarter. The team said it was an Achilles tendon injury, and uh he was just a, it was a non-contact injury. He pulled up while covering Tyreek Hill. Was unable to really even stand up at that point. So, very sad loss in that case for the Bills yesterday. They never trailed. They finished with 414 yards of offense. The three-time defending AFC East champion. Uh, they've now won uh, three straight games this season since the opening uh, the season opening loss on that Monday night against the Jets. Buffalo has now won eight straight games at home against Miami. They're 12-2 in the last 14 meetings, including the 35-31 wild card game last January. Meanwhile, on Saturday, the top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs rallied for a second consecutive week. Yeah, they were pushed to the brink one more time, but it was Brock Bowers' time. Uh, he caught a 40-yard touchdown pass in the final minutes, the 27-20 victory over Auburn. Not a good Auburn team, but they uh, you know, put up a fight, and they did a nice job running the ball, surprisingly, against Georgia. And Georgia's rush defense is going to have to get much better this upcoming Saturday against Kentucky, which can really run the ball. So we'll see what happens. But uh, Bowers caught a, a touchdown pass from Carson Beck, the touchdown pass that put it away with uh, basically 252, uh, 2.52 to go in the game. He is the best player, he being Bowers in college football. They're supposed to give the Heisman Trophy to the best player in college football, but the best player in college football almost never wins the Heisman Trophy because the best player in college football is usually somebody that's not a quarterback. Uh, But we'll see what happens. Bowers had four catches for 121 yards in the fourth quarter on Saturday and uh, converted a third and long situation to keep the go-ahead drive alive. He is really good and didn't get the ball a whole lot the first couple of games, but certainly has gotten the ball a lot the last two games. They've now won 22 games in a row, the Georgia Bulldogs, over the last three seasons. Of course, are the two-time defending national champions. Quickly, some other notes uh, ripped from the headlines from The Wire. Buck Showalter announced on Sunday that he will not return as the New York Mets manager in 2024. Speculation that current Brewers manager Craig Council will be the next Mets manager. Gabe Kapler is out in San Francisco. That was announced on Friday. 
Bob Melvin, for now, is uh, still the Padres manager. It's believed that he might be headed back to the Bay Area, however. That would reunite him with uh, current Giants GM Farhan Zaidi. Those two worked together in Oakland previously. And from the NBA, I wonder if the Milwaukee Bucks would have included Drew Holiday in the Damon, Damian Lillard trade if they knew that Holiday would actually end up going to the Celtics. Also, Portland, I think, did a good job. They got DeAndre Ayton, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, and more for Lillard in their packages in the last uh, few days here to make these trades. But the Bucks never fear. They've added former son Campaign, somebody that will put them over the top in the Eastern Conference.